to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Kelsey Shalou in the studio. How are you doing, Kelsey? Hey, I'm doing great. Awesome. So, um, Kelsey, yes. we are going to talk about brand collaborations. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So they kind of come in uh, several different forms, uh, whether you're a fashion head, you're really into music, design. Tech. Yeah, tech's big one. Um, or just like kind of like lifestyle brands, mm-hmm. you see, uh, you tend to see a lot of like collaboration between brands in that in that realm. Um, so to kind of just like dive in, like let's kind of just talk about some of our favorite or just kind of standout collaborations that we've we've seen. Okay. Well, should we talk? I'm down to talk about the most recent one that we saw with uh, Warby Parker and uh, Arby's. Arby's, yeah, yeah. Um, Warby Parker. War- <laughs> That's right, Warby. Um, I, (laughs) so basically it just was, um, two weeks ago, about Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, um, I saw it in the form of Instagram. Other people might've caught it some other way, but Warby Parker, the eyeglass company Mm -hmm. and Arby's, the fast food company Mm -hmm. teamed up and they had, um, monocle onion ring <laughs> just a single one too right. just mm-hmm. you literally got a package with one single onion ring that was supposed to be like a monocle glass um and i it wasn't until after the fact that i realized they did this on april fool's day mm. but let's break this down for a second let's break it down okay all right <laughs> april fool's day this year there was a lot of stuff going on. Right. It was the be. It was for. And obviously, it's a new month. New month. April Fool's Day. You mix it in with Easter and right. with Passover. And it's just like there's just too much happening. There was a lot that going I didn't on. even know that it was an April Fool's joke mm-hmm. when I got that because if it was like a day and it was just April Fool's Day, I'd be ready for it. Like hit me with your stuff. Right. No, there was too much going on. There was. I was having <laughs> family dinner. Like kids looking at it. No, no, no. I just didn't. There was. There was bad timing. Too much happening. Missed the point of it. And so you um, get hit with this bl- this brand collaboration, and so so kind of kind of roll through exactly what what it was. It was so it was this monocle. Yeah. That was an onion ring. Yes. That it kind of came in this box. Yes. And that was it. It was that was just like a. a yeah, I guess they had like little pop up food trucks. Right. Um, outside of their flagship stores mm-hmm. in like New York City, it was probably only New York City. Right. Um. I just don't get it. <laughs> she just has this like very just befuddled um, look on her I face. I think when I first saw it, I was like, oh, Warby's. Like, ha Right. That makes sense. And then I like, I let it marinate and I thought about it. And I said, you know what? No. Uh, I can't. Nope, I can't. It's too, it's too late though. They already got you. Yeah, they you, did. They got you with that aha moment. They did so get me. that's all they needed. They did get me. But it just like, <laughs> I felt confused for a right. couple of days afterwards. You know, like people were <laughs> <Violated>. talking. <laughs> yeah, people were talking to me and I wasn't actually like listening to them. I was just like, Warby Parker? <laughs> what? <laughs> So, like, I get it's clever for Mm -hmm. sure. Like, the creative that like thought about that, like, okay, it's it's funny, it's clever, but like, I think the timing is what really like crushed it for me. If it was, if it was, if the like reason of Warby Parker Mm -hmm. was to be solely an April Fool's Day joke, like, it would have done better on April Fool's Day that didn't fall on Easter and like all the other things that were going on. Right. But but was it clever though? Was it? I mean. Was it? Yeah, it was kind of clever. Yeah. I think it's clever, but it's not like the most clever thing I've ever like seen mm-hmm. or heard in my life. But like, I'm I, I mean I think it was more so just a matter of of circumstance. It like, just like fit. It, it kind it of was so easy. It was kind more. of like an easy right. like connection. Right. But because it was so like weird, I can like 
get down with it. <laughs> but I you don't. Just, I, but I'm actually like not really. Strange. I'm not actually getting down with it too much because I just <laughs> felt. I felt weird. Yeah, my only thing coming out of it um, was like, what if, like, could you imagine the the the, the lawsuit that could have come out if someone actually tried to use like a hot <sighs> onion ring as like a monocle? Well, that and like, homie, if you're hungry, your <laughs> one onion ring is not gonna cut it. What are you? Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Right. So yeah, I mean, ooh. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of several brand collaborations that kind of had us scratching our heads um, oh, as of late. But I mean, there are also there's also opportunities where where brands can kind of get together and it's almost like a match made in heaven. Yeah. You know. So for example, I, one that I always go back to is um, Uber and Spotify. Yeah, I actually didn't know about that. Yeah, until no, was, you didn't know this, dude. But. Okay. Uh, talk about warby parker and then <laughs> but then you talk about spotify and uber whoop. yeah yeah and so i know uber has kind of been under fire for a lot of very um not so savory business practices that you know are deserve to be um scrutinized mm -hmm. but when it came to the collab when it came to spotify kind of teaming up with the uber to the point where you could literally be in a middle middle of a ride, pull up your Spotify mm -hmm. account, and then like hack into mm -hmm. the driver's it's uh, awesome. radio. Like it's to, so to awesome. Kind of like put, you know curate your own playlist. That's that's I mean that's like and a cue seamless. it up before they even like show up to right, the curb. Like right. get the people ready. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that was awesome before they even pull up. I so thought I that think was. It's a great. It's a, it's a very seamless move. kind of like integration between two brands that kind of work work hand in hand so i think yeah I think, so i think that's like the thing that i didn't like about yeah, uh, it didn't go together Warby at Parker all and arby's is that they just didn't match in my mind like they no. just did they had like didn't really have any business being with one mm. another and like completely different audiences right. like it's not even like stuff with what we'll get into later like mm -hmm. combining these two lifestyle brands like right. you're sharing the market with very similar audiences so they're going to adopt the you know other product or other service right but warby parker makes miss that so you you mentioned it but uber being under fire mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. them teaming up with a company that's been thumbs up mm -hmm. for I'm, i've never heard of any i haven't i don't know anything that would give spotify a bad rap yeah, I've never, in the I mean, public based like, like you know streaming like royalties and stuff like that. But that's yeah, but not industry. like not that's not something that Spotify just exactly exactly. So right. them teaming up with someone um, that's in the clear kind of I think elevates themselves right signal um, boost. But I f something interesting that I found in my research mm -hmm. is that with both okay, I'm just gonna spoil it for the listeners. We're about to talk about Apple and Nike in the future. <laughs> um, so the Apple and Nike collab and right. the Uber and Spotify collab are not called collabs. Um, they're called partnerships. Uh, so, yeah. I mean... So, but I feel like that does say something yeah. different because it kind of is like a sustained... Like, collaborations are pretty, like, short-term. Right. Like, you do one thing, you do, like, a feature, you do a set, or you put out, like, a, um, a new line of something, mm -hmm. and then it gets kind of washed away. Whereas a partnership kind of suggests that it endures over time. So right. I think that it, that is a little important in the conversation because it... Um, puts maybe a little bit more weight onto the two different brands. For sure. Um, but overall, like I think the Warby Parker thing is kind of just like a fun, like cheeky, like, haha, we did this thing. Whereas Uber and Spotify is like, we are about to enhance your experience. Like Ooh. we who are <laughs> designers of, you know, whether it's ride sharing experience or music listening experience, mm -hmm. um, 
they're now personalizing. Like Uber is now able to capitalize on like a personal ride right. via music, which is um, very different than like what Warby Parker mm-hmm. and uh, the Taco Bell and Forever 21 collab is kind of similar to the Warby Parker. Um, it's kind of weird and got people talking. Um, but this one, I feel it goes a little bit deeper. Right. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, it's basically just the idea of is trying to create this so- chauffeur service mm-hmm. without actually using the word chauffeur. Sure. Um, yeah. Because I know, and, and, and this is kind of disruptive. I, I love using this term, dis- disruptive, in the sense that if I'm driving in my car and I've got a passenger, like in the passenger mm-hmm. seat, and all of a sudden they reach over and try to change my radio station, that's like... Excuse uh, me, you want me to drop you off at the yeah, curb? right. Like, do you want me to stop right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can stop you, right now. You want to make it to your final destination exactly. or no? It's like, don't... <laughs> you never touch, like, the driver's radio. <laughs> but this, this whole partnership mm-hmm. literally defies that kind of like spits in the face of just this almost this 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 cardinal this unspoken rule mm-hmm. that everybody knows is that you don't touch the driver's radio yeah well and when i was looking at when they rolled this out they spotify and uber originally rolled it out to just drivers having playlists right that like when say you were my driver and i like we got mashed on you know on the app i could see that you had like a drake playlist and a right, so-and-so right, right. and i could pick that one so it was still like pleasing the driver but mm-hmm. now it's just like Free for all. Free for all. Go for it. <laughs> Make your driver uncomfortable. We don't care. Just some, throw some Swedish death <laughs> yeah. metal on there and just like This is my chill. jam. <laughs> um, Apple and Nike. Oh so, yeah, so Apple like Apple and Nike to make yeah. Nike Plus. Yeah. Um a And this is with the This is like I think if you go back like all the way to like 2002 mm-hmm. it was with like the sneaker, right? right? And they had like the sneaker tracker with like the iPod Nano or something right. like that. Um, yeah, that was like an, yeah. That was like before function. the i like that was when Apple like when Apple and Nike first touched heads like Apple was just music at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't even think iPhone was around. I feel like iPhone was maybe like two thousand five or no, six. No, I think the first iPhone came out like two thousand one. Let's consult the Google. Hey Siri, <laughs> <laughs> when were you made? <laughs> when was the first iPhone made? Gotta be able to answer this girl. See, oh. See Sarah's letting you down. I did. I, I, I think this is this is a this is a live action display of the the Apple lifestyle. Yeah, you said Google. I should have gone Google. See, shouts out to all um, my Android users. Generation one. What's your guess? I Gen one. Oh, it's almost unbelievable. I'd I my guess is two thousand one. <laughs> The iPhone is the first start, blah, 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 announced on January 9th, 2007. Oh, seven? 2007. That was the first, the first iPhone? Yes. Nine Damn. years. And that was still like nine, ten years ago. Wow. 2007. And they've gone through so many iterations. And that was Gen, Gen 1. So 2002, iPhone was not even yeah, like a part of the Apple brand. It was just like mm-hmm. iPod Nanos. Right, right. So Nike and Apple, like, Nike didn't even really know what Apple. <laughs> Apple didn't even know what Apple was. Right. Maybe they did. They, I mean, um, they were a computer company. They were oh, very, for sure. Yeah, they've been well around established a computer time. company by that point. Yeah. Um, but even Apple and Nike, like that's a natural progression of a brand partnership. Like, okay, we're gonna put a chip inside runners' shoes so mm-hmm. that they listen to music while they run. Like, like based it on makes their, sense. They're like um, their pace. Mm-hmm, it makes sense. But then it progressed to the watch, right? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the that's the Apple. 
Pro? Is that what you called it? Or Nike Pro? What did you call it? The Nike Plus? Nike, Nike Plus. Plus. Nike and Plus. It's just like okay, an, an addition to the, uh, I want to say the, the Apple firmware at this point. No, no, it's still opt-in. It's still opt-in. It's n- it doesn't come with your phone. Okay. Um, but it's still like a pretty popular app that a lot of professional and amateur runners use. Yeah, and that's like athletes. The, I feel like the watch, like when smartwatches first came onto the mm-hmm. scene too, it was all about like the fitness side of it, not really about like, oh, well, we can read your email and right. like let you know what the weather's like. It was really like we can track your steps, right, and stuff. So again, it, it kind of makes sense that Apple and Nike. Um, as two like of uh, the leaders leading like the tech and the athletic world mm. to come together, um, and I think as as Apple continues to develop to develop a more advanced uh, wearables, they're probably going to move out of that relationship if they haven't mm. already started the process already. Outside of Nike's relationship, yeah, I mean, because there's no point. It gets to a point where it's like, oh, they become there's their no, own. Yeah, there's no point in us having you on to do this one thing that we've now, now gathered the resources to develop. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was that. cool. It was, yeah, it was really cool, cool as it, you know, when it was at its peak, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what else? <laughs> um, what other collaborations? Collaboration. We'll we'll stick to collaborations yeah, yeah, yeah. and not I just partnerships. Like, yeah, I didn't mean to get like. No, 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 no. That's fine. Us, That's but, fine. Um. Hmm. Well, I see lots of so w- when Brian and I initially were brainstorming about this idea, right. we recognize that influencers do a lot of collaborations but we wanted to stay away from like the person to brand collaboration and the brand to brand collaboration um so with that being said like lots of fashion lines lots of designers artists um collaborate um and while like the Warby Parker and the Forever 21 and Taco Bell collab was kind of just like a one-off, like I can't imagine that's going to reoccur. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so what was the Taco Bell Forever 21? Oh, okay, I'm so, not familiar with this one. Oh, okay. This was not super re- like recent, maybe within the last year and a half, but okay. not super recent. Okay. Um, uh, Taco Bell and Forever 21 collaborated on a like fashion like collection, mm-hmm. and it's literally like logoed. Um, like teas and um, like the like hot sauce like j- dresses for chicks and like bathing suits huh. with like the sauces on it. Um, there's some dude like guy wear like sweaters that just say like just like different Taco Bell like paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um, which like I do get because that is a similar market. I can imagine like the kids shopping out for tar- Forever Twenty One like also would hit up uh, Taco Bell, but like right. Warby Parker is just like too too far away. Yeah. Um, so I almost get the Taco Bell and Forever 21 thing more because even, I don't know what makes me think this, but for some reason I feel like Taco Bell is like established, <laughs> this is a weird sentence, I don't even feel comfortable saying this. Oh boy, go for it. I feel like Taco Bell is well established in like internet culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know like why I feel that way, but mm-hmm. I feel like enough people talk about Taco Bell or maybe it's just like, Oh, no. Well, yeah, it's like it's I don't like know why. bacon or cats yeah. or some other Guacamole. weird like, like internet only kind of like yeah. sensation. I feel like there's like lots of like funny like vi- like when Vine was around, like mm-hmm. lots of vines happened at Taco Bell or like I don't know, I don't know what makes me feel <laughs> that way, but I don't feel that way about Warby Parker. I okay, guess like, yeah, or Arby's, but Taco Bell I feel like has like some niche in the internet culture. So what? them, hmm? go ahead. So them put on their logo on Forever 21, which mm-hmm. is just like a quick 
fast fashion stop for lots of people. Like, yeah. I get it. it. Makes sense. Well, even with Arby's, I think Arby's has kind of rooted itself in internet culture at this point. Yeah. I, I, when was the last time you actually ate in an Arby's? Not ever. Right. Literally never once. Never eaten at Arby's, <laughs> but you are. You you probably follow the Arby's Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you kind of have to know your audience even if that audience might have been some might not be the the, the demographic that you founded your entire mm. company on mm. um and so like being able to kind of pivot and and really kind of speak do it for the culture yeah do it, you for, gotta the do it for the culture yeah and so okay yeah perfectly and that yeah. i feel like works with taco bell and forever 21 do it for the culture okay question how do we feel about um like collaborations in the form of remixes and that can doesn't have to be just music. That can be art too. But like pretty much everything is a remix. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking, either like in f- like music remix or in like art piece remixes. Uh, like how do we feel about that? Well, so with the with the remix, are you are you saying that one singular person took something that was already made and then kind of reinterpreted it as? you know through their own lens or through their own kind of like like in current day um so i believe my like schooling will like i believe that there's two types of remixes the first type of remix is like in 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 for an example in music like you would take um the same beat and like flow Mm -hmm. but change the words completely and that's like a type one remix and a type two remix would be to take pieces of the original and like mash that up with new pieces. So kind of either ones, but like I feel like that is a collaboration. If like um, one artist comes into the scene with a piece of music and then another person takes it and changes it up and makes it their own, like Mm -hmm. that original artist would still receive like royalties or something from that, right? So they, they are... So I would consider, but I would consider that a remix. That is a remix. Oh, not a collaboration. Right. A collaboration would be two artists coming on the same so, track and yeah. pr- producing so, one. Like taking that same scenario, and if that original artist found out that somebody was wanted to do something, and then the original artist stepped back in, was like, "Oh, well, let me help Let's you go, t- kind of take this same mm-hmm. song into a different direction mm-hmm. for present day or whatever you're feeling," I would consider that a collaboration. Okay. Yeah, I see that too. That's so, probably. Yeah, it's probably a better, but for some reason, I feel like remixes are still like collaborations. Like yeah, but they're really not based on the definitions we've given of both mm-hmm. collaboration <laughs> and remixes. And that's why you talk through yeah, things. Yeah, you gotta yeah. work it out. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, remixes are kind of in a different realm of their own. But I mean, you, we talked about fashion collaborations, which I'm, I'm the Ooh. more we, the more I think about it, where I'm kind of on the fence about about them at this point. Um, I know in the beginning before we, we started recording, I was like, oh, you know, they're cool. It's whatever. It's it's you know, it's part of the, the, the part and parcel of the industry. Mm. But I, I feel like I'm kind of over it now just because it's so prevalent. Like it's, it seems like there's a different collaboration like every week mm-hmm. between two people that the 90 percent of the population have probably never heard of. Yeah, or can't get their hands on. Or can't get their hands on because, yeah. you know, there's such a limited stock. Um, one person that I think of often is, um, oh, Lord, what's his name? Virgil Abloh, mm-hmm. Off-White. 
great designer, and you know, I think he just became like the menswear creative creative director for Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Very you know, cool. props to him. Yeah. But it's just it's just one example of many of how like these kind of like unless you're in the industry, unless you're like a scenester, or like you're like that art kid or like that mm-hmm. fashion kid, like you're not going to have that kind of a appreciation. Quote yeah, unquote, but that's kind of like the, the internet culture, like people who are on the internet, like maybe won't appreciate Taco Bell and Forever 21, but right. the homies in the fashion scene, like you said, like they've built some kind of appreciation. And it's just like almost any different thing that we've talked about. Um, so I feel like that, like, is ex- you can, like, have that. Like, that's acceptable for, like, you guys mm-hmm. in that scene. But I'm going to stay, like, over here because I don't, I don't know if I – I don't appreciate it in the same way. Is that, like, right. we're getting that? Okay. But, I mean, I've, I can't remember the last time I've eaten at Taco Bell. True. Oh, no, I lied. I actually got <laughs> – I actually copped a bag of the uh, – the uh, fire sauce chips, like they made that, yeah. that line of chips based on their um, sauces. I actually did grab a bag of that like a week ago. But other than that, <laughs> I have not eaten a Taco Bell. I've never, I haven't eaten Taco Bell in years. And I can't, I don't think I've ever shopped at Forever 21. Mm-hmm. But as far as that collaboration is concerned, I can still appreciate the fact that they were able to color outside of their respective lines oh, and then create something new based off of the things that they are independently familiar sure, with. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I understand that. So, I don't know. I mean, is is a remix a collaboration? <laughs> I don't know, but don't know. I, something I just thought about, too, is like, okay, so what about, like, Netflix collaborating mm-hmm. with, like, people to make, like, Stranger Things stuff? Or, um, like, okay, so Stranger Things is coming to Universal Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm super, super they stoked are. about that. Is that a collaboration? That That is a licensed partnership. Okay. That I think that is the 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 official the, term, the legal like term, because you're basically stranger or Netflix is lending the essentially the assets, the tone, the atmosphere, the characters of their property, which is Stranger mm-hmm. Things, to Universal for a set period of time, whatever that may be. Um, and I, I yeah, um, Halloween Horror Nights in Universal Orlando, they do that fairly often with most of their attractions, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. for Halloween Horror Nights. Because mm-hmm, um, that one's like traveling. Oh, right. So you, you know they've done they've done stuff with like uh, the Saw movies and mm-hmm. The Shining. Um, what was the most recent one? It. It. Let's pass one was it. It. The movie okay, was that's coming right. Out. That's right. Um, so yeah, that that would be a licensed partnership. So. I think a collaboration, I think, so going back to the Stranger Things, so Stranger Things and Spotify uh, collaborated for a short period of time, leading, I think it was leading up to the season two premiere, mm. um, where you could, I think you took like a quiz mm. on Spotify, or a quiz on like a landing page, and then it kind of matched you up with what the one of the four main characters their play like they had a, uh, a special curated playlist, playlist of what be. they would listen to. That's sweet. Um, and so I would consider that more of a collaboration than anything else, okay. even yeah, though it's yeah. more it's more so like a, That's a cool. campaign. It's yeah, more, it's more so like a, a, a digital radio campaign. But um, I think that would be closer to to that that kind of collaborative. Mm-hmm area and it's it's weird because it's like you when you hear the word collaboration most people either think of art or music um and that's that those are the two big ones that come up but there are mm-hmm. a lot of collaborations that do and i think there are more and more collaborations that are happening 
in within mm-hmm. the advertising marketing realms because mm-hmm. a lot of brands are, are diversifying. Right. You know, they're, they, you might have started out as a clothing brand 20 years ago. Now you're doing uh, <laughs> sponsored content. You know, you've got your own streaming channel. You've got yeah. a sp- e-sports team over here. Um, actually, shout out to the, the to NBA who just, just uh, pretty much – put out their rosters for all their esports teams. You know they get they're getting paid like $32,000 a year. I don't even know what an esports team is. Esports, um electronic sports video games. Oh. So competitive oh. video gaming. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So, so they're getting paid like 30 each person is getting paid like 32 grand to be in to a video be game. A, no, to play video oh. games. Yeah, on people, behalf of the NBA. People make lots of money playing video yeah. games. So this is going to be the well, last episode the of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We are going into the esports <laughs> business. It's been real. Shut down um, the show. But yeah, it's just I think now that a lot of brands are starting to diversify their portfolios, um, you you're going to start to see more innovation and, and more yeah. collaborative efforts between brands that like Warby Parker mm-hmm. and, and Arby's that mm-hmm. you wouldn't have necessarily Otherwise, expected. Seen. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I mean, I guess that's that's a great way to segue into like. That crossover and Mm -hmm. talking about how you can, I guess, better identify those innovative like kind of opportunities to Mm kind of mash up with a brand that might even be considered a competitor in some realms, you know, and I know that's a very taboo thing that um you you hear about a lot that that that's taboo in advertising you know you know you don't want to you don't want to you know match up with your competitors are you crazy that doesn't make any sense like you're just playing against each other but i think there are situations where kind of working with a competitor because at the end of the day you're still working towards the same goal oh, yeah. you know like especially for like a nonprofit or something like that mm-hmm. where you're not necessarily trying to sell a product or service, I think there's a lot more flexibility and a lot more more leeway when it comes to how you can collaborate mm-hmm. with um, other quote unquote competitive brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just kind of backing away from that, uh, the, the one of the big things I wanted to kind of talk about was um, the idea of uh, like be, if you're trying to establish a brand collaboration with someone and like kind of really evaluate whether or not a brand is worth collaborating sure. with. I think the first thing to start with is like identifying any kind of passion projects, mm-hmm. any kind of passion projects that either you as an agency or, or a client that you may work with mm-hmm. might have. So, for example, if your client, if one of your clients is a uh, quick service restaurant, mm-hmm. um, but they just so happen to do a lot of charitable work with um, third world countries when it comes to clean drinking water. Okay. Um, I think that's a perfect opportunity to kind of kind of kind of see what what options you have mm-hmm. as far as other brands that might share that same kind of community based mm-hmm. sentiment, like mm-hmm. that same kind of like philanthropic mm-hmm. uh, goal or connecting them with a nonprofit that's already working. Right. Working on that. Right. Um, to kind of spearhead it. And then it puts, you know, two pretty much unrelated industries together. But, you know, you're. Um, that you know the nonprofit, like you said before they're not really making sales or anything right. like that but by putting a qsr with a nonprofit mm-hmm. to, you know fulfill some kind of mission you mm-hmm. would that qsr would then probably expand their sales because whoever was listening to the nonprofit or listening to them you kind of cross pathways and exactly get, you know different markets to sell to um when you like reading this this line this show note line like I read it as like, look out for like negative things, passion <laughs> projects. So I interpret it before you just gave that spiel that like, 
watch out who you make a collaboration with because right. they might just be looking out for their best interest. Okay. And okay. I don't know if that happens on like big scale and big brands, but if you were like a freelancer or you were an, like a startup or something like that, that's right. how I, I don't know why my mind went to that, but it's like right. watch out for people that might not share the best interests with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, and we've talked about you know, instances of mm-hmm. that in, in past episodes. And maybe that was why. Cause it yeah. There. But I think, uh, and and this might kind of jump into the next topic a little bit. But I think it 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 boils down to the idea of brand equity. Mm-hmm. Like you you, you kind of have to make sure that you're evaluating p- potential brand collaborations with people who are, if not on the same level, a little higher than you. Yeah. That you can kind of be able to stack your skills against the other person and just like kind of mm-hmm. equally signal boost each other mm-hmm. for however long you want to you know want that collaboration to go on. Yeah. Because um, I can't think of a situation where you know target has collaborated with some brand that you've just never heard of in your life it's just that's just it's unheard of Mm -hmm. you know target collaborates with didn't um was it kim kardashian i don't think so who was it target and sofia vergara no i don't know Target just like makes their own brands at this point though. Like they, they just, they no, just they really do. <laughs> they, I'm pretty sure they have like a house of someone that like will be, and I only know this cause I read a product review about something I was considering purchase. Okay. Target's name is not on it anywhere other than the fact that it's like being sold in the Target store. Right. But the, the brand, it was like, I don't even know. It was like Captain something. But, like, the review on the Target website was, like, this new Target brand, Mm -hmm. such and such, and it's not associated to Target itself. So, I think that with it, and, like, um, I feel like their women's purses are the same deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's, like, a Target brand that is only sold at Target, but is not, like, has their, is not connected to their name in any regard how is that possible <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's like uh so they have exclusive brand rights there you go maybe that's that but but it's only sold through target right okay so you can it, yeah it's it's just it's probably just an exclusive brand exclusive yeah, brand rights then but even then that's that that's uh that's like a whole nother realm which we could probably we need to bring in that. a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to bring in the legal team for that one <laughs> Um, but even that's something that, that, that could, you could devote an entire episode to is just like licensed partnering partnerships and then, and then exclusive brand rights. Like those two things are, are also pretty important aspects that have, that affect the advertising industry and it's it's affected our jobs. Like there are just certain things that we, we just end up, we can't mention or can't say because of a brand affiliation Mm -hmm. or because of a licensed partnership and all Mm -hmm. of the rules and regulations that might come with that partnership. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll table that for a, uh, a a future episode. One more definition clarification before we sign off. Yeah. Um, so once, another company acquires another company that would no longer be a collaboration or partnership. It would be an ownership. So Facebook and Instagram, that's not a collaboration. That's an ownership of two. Like that is a, an acquisition acquisition. that would be considered an acquisition. Whole foods and Amazon. That Whole Foods just, but yeah, just (laughs) Whole Foods just bought it. (laughs) Just whipped out their wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon bought Whole Foods, but Facebook bought Instagram. Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, 
same or different? No, I think I think it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. I'm just I'm just accentuating the fact that that just Amazon just had the money to just to like, buy Whole yeah. Foods, which still <laughs> is just mind boggling to me. <laughs> How much did that did that go for? Like fourteen billion? It was multiple billion of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos, hey. if you if you need an adopted son, <laughs> I mean my mom's okay. I can switch families easy. <laughs> I mean, just you know. Just let me know where I need just, to sign Just email us at provoke. That's p r o v o k at evocad dot com, and uh, we'll we'll work out the details. It's cool. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I think that kind of sums up uh, a nice, uh, you know, our 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 latest episode after a, a brief hiatus, a Easter weekend hiatus. We um, really just stopped for Warby Parker, but yeah, we don't. Yeah. Mean <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. Um, so, uh, as always, I want to thank Kelsey for taking some time out to um, talk to us in the studio. Um, and as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to email, or if you're Jeff Bezos, um, email us at uh, provoke, that's uh, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. Uh, and be sure to follow us on all of our uh, social media accounts to keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. Um, and as far as today's quotes, Today's quote is concerned. This is from Reed Hoffman. Who's Reed Hoffman? I don't know. Smart, very smart dude. Because he said, <laughs> no matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you'll always lose out to a team. And with that said, I'll take care.